0: Welcome to the Bowman Legacies podcast, brought to you in part by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue-collar worker, one CEO at a time. Also brought to you by author Grizz Waller, whose new Western sci-fi action thriller novel, Selfish Acts of Righteous Men, is coming out soon. Without any further ado, buckle up, strap in, and get ready for another powerful conversation From the Bowman Legacies podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to the Bowman Legacies podcast. I know there's been a bit of a hiatus, but we are back after it. And we are starting off with a bang. It is my absolute distinct privilege and honor to have two people on here that are absolute blue collar. They bleed it blue savages who took a hold of their dreams and decided to go for it. And I can't describe how scary that is for us normal people that are out here without a net or a trust fund and these people are doing it. So let's just jump in there without further ado. Let me introduce two savages, (laughs) Dustin and Tanya Johnson, creators and founders of Vikings and Vixens. And I'm going to let them tell you what that's all about. But first, let's hear their story. What's up, guys? How are you doing today?
0: We are awesome. Thanks for having us on.
1: Oh, it is a privilege I've been watching you guys for a while and like I said, you know, I've been cyber stalking you watching your story, looking at your photographs and kind of seeing your past especially uh, with two mo- wheels and a motor um, I'm familiar with that that world, my friend and so uh, we kind of are akin in that way and sure. uh, yep always trying to keep the shiny side up and, and oh, yeah. uh, yep and so uh, we i uh, i'm just <laughs> i'm flabbergasted at where you guys all started but first let's Let's just dive in where you're at right now. Where in the world are you at right now?
0: So we are in technically probably like Louisville, Texas. So we're, we're like 15 minutes from Dallas proper. Um, and we're actually at Louisville Lake. It's a huge lake here right outside of Dallas. And we're actually sitting at a campground right now inside of our self-converted school bus, which I'm sure we'll get into.
1: Yes, we will. Oh, my gosh. That's another thing. Mad respect as a former cabinet maker myself. So you guys have been, you are a husband and wife team. How long have you been married?
2: We've been married just over 12 years.
1: 12 years. So you definitely have gotten over that three-year hump. And you guys, after 12 years, have decided to embark on a massive journey and dream. And it is so exciting. But let's talk about your life transformation. Give us a little window of where you guys were before all this started.
0: So we met in 2008 at a bar. You could imagine that. (laughs) And uh, it was was honest to God, love at first sight. I was playing music to a corn song, which I just gave her a look that's got like an inside beat to the two of us. But I was playing music on a jukebox and I had this strange pull to turn around and when I turned around, there she was walking through the bar and we locked eyes. She walked in. She talked to some people. She walked back out. I followed her the whole way, both ways. And when she walked out the bar, I looked at my buddy and said, I don't know who that is, but we need to hang out with her. And uh, he said, cool, because we're actually going to run around with them the rest of the night. And I was like, here <laughs> we go. And honestly, I, I, we I, hung out
2: the entire night. And
0: yeah. So right the sun was coming up when we went to bed and, and it was honestly from there, it just grew. And and, and and we knew that each other was different and that something was different. And so six months later, I asked you to marry me. Yep. And then like about a
2: year, a year from the time we met, we were getting married.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it sounds like that. Perfect. Like, Oh, <laughs> everything was awesome. And it was cool. And Well, then it kind of goes downhill. I actually worked for the railroad and for the first 10 years of our marriage, I was basically home 24 to 48 hours a week. Um, we would travel full time. I would get home Friday, super late or Saturday morning. And then we would leave for work again on Sunday because we would have a 16 hour drive or whatever to Mobile, Alabama or something like that. And, uh, so when we first got together, She was working second shift and I was traveling over the road. And so, like I said, the first 10 years, we, we was basically just on the weekends married. We was just on the weekends Mm -hmm. together. And, and, and I think that led to some of our problems, but, but from the time that we got married until 2012, we were married. We were like, I don't know. We bought a house. We had two dogs. We were
2: honeymooning. Yeah. And and,
0: (laughs) and it was, it was good. I like, I, I got no complaints but 2012 was basically uh, the when
2: is when things went to shit to be honest
0: yeah i think everything had kind of been building and then 2012 just popped the top off yeah and so
2: and a lot of that was because uh when dustin and i first met i had just recently been diagnosed with a disease called endometriosis and what that is is it's a disease that attacks the female reproductive system so Uh, the lining that grows on the inside of a woman's uterus, it grows on the outside. And so it can cause a lot of significant, um, pain and sometimes infertility, things like that. And so I was suffering with that, that disease, um, pretty severely. It was making me miss a bunch of work and, um, get togethers, things like that. And in 2012, I ended up having a hysterectomy, um, because of it. And so I was 26 at the time we have been married for just three years. It was actually on our anniversary that yeah. I had the surgery. Wow. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went crazy. Yeah.
0: So we basically ultimately like, I can sit here and tell you it was an easy decision. It was simple. Like we no. literally made the choice to not, not be able to medically have our own children. Right? right. But the way we looked at it was for seven years or for, for a few years, my wife had been miserably in pain. And I mean right. like mm-hmm. on the ground in a ball, bawling her eyes out and I'm six foot three, 200 and some pounds. Like I I can handle whatever the situation is. And I was like, yo, what can I do? And the answer was nothing. And yeah. I'm like, no, but no, but what can I do? I can fix this. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, you, you can't. can't. And so that, that was really hard for me along the way. And, so,
2: and yeah, the choice is just basically have quality of life or not do that and try to maybe have children if we would decide at the time. But at the time we didn't, we were just kids. We didn't really want kids. So yeah, it was I... kind of like, well, let's, if this is going to give me a quality of life, let's do that. And yeah. so it was, it was a good seven years that it gave me of being ultimately pain-free, but um, the stuff that came with it was not, not very good.
0: So in the realm of that, I also, Started taking prescription pain pills because she she had them on lockdown because of all of her problems. And I played in a volleyball tournament and bent my arm backwards. And when we went home, she was like, "Hey, I got two of these for you." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Not even thinking, sure. I popped these two. I popped these two pills, and I had—I mean, I had smoked dope and shit, but like nothing mm-hmm. really crazy. And uh, I popped them two pills, and man, like an hour later, I was freaking zooming, and yeah. I had never felt like that before, and it felt really, really good. Mm -hmm. And so I continued and like maybe a little bit on the weekends, maybe once on a Wednesday, maybe, you know, a little bit here and there for a couple of years. And then 2012, man, I'll be honest with you. We were, we were broken. She she was, she was on her fifth surgery when she got her hysterectomy was her fifth surgery, the fourth one that I had been a part of. And it was just a lot. It, it, It had told on us a lot um at the time i was running around in the motorcycle world we were you know 100 miles an hour and
1: oh and yeah oh it yeah
0: nonstop and so were you wearing I a cut started, i was i, I was never a, a member of an actual motorcycle club but I, I i i was the president of a riding group and we were in the shit with everybody else oh yeah and yeah, so yeah. It was, yeah it's all just part of it man and like i said it's We're running a hundred miles an hour, and I totally dove into prescription pain pills. And I, I I got to a point I was taking almost six thousand milligrams prescription pain pills a day. Um, and I had broke every promise, like, oh, I'm never going to do this. I'm never. Boom, boom, boom. And I was just stacking up broken promises on myself. So in July, she had a hysterectomy. June, I'm sorry, June, she had a hysterectomy. I want to say it was probably like September we're coming home. I'm passing out on the bike.
2: I was probably September.
0: She's beating on the back of my helmet, trying to keep yeah. me awake at like 3am. Yeah. And, and I I'm, I'm high as a kite. I got pills in both pockets and, and I'm taking them as we're going down the road. There's a car like two miles ahead of us, but we're on this stretch of road at 3am. It was pitch black. And I, I was seeing it like, it wasn't that I didn't see it. And I'm, I'm going a hundred and all of a sudden I I was just about to go around them and they just slammed on their brakes. And I was like, Oh no. So I had to get back whip on my motorcycle. It's a a, a weapon and I unhooked it and I literally cocked back and she's right there. And I'm like this far to shattering this person's windshield to when I see that it's the Johnson County sheriff at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. And so I literally put the whip back down in my lap and like closed my chest on it. So I didn't lose it. And I just, Road, knowing that I was headed to jail, I was gonna be in deep shit. Yeah, I I honestly, by the time I got out, I didn't know that Tanya would still be with me. Like we, it was just just that time of our lives. That cop dude, he pulled down into the ditch and never followed me. I have God was on my side. I got chills like crazy right now. He he literally slammed on his brakes because he didn't know what I was up to. Here I am just about to break his windshield. And then he just decides to pull down into the ditch. Can I, I was literally trying to conceive if I could handle all of the pills that were in my pockets, if I could swallow all of them right now, could I make it through the cop thing, make it through the, and, and, and still be okay. And I, I'm literally fathoming this, waiting for the lights to turn on. If they turn on, I'm I'm going for it. Yeah. And they they just never turned on. And I I got to the stop sign and the dude wasn't there. I get to the next stop sign and the dude wasn't there. I get to our house and I pull up to the garage and I get off the bike and she says, "What in the <laughs> fuck are you doing?" And I said, "Yo, that was crazy." It was. Crazy. And and and, and I, I truly we stood in the in the garage and she's chewing my ass and I had all of it coming. I, I like, like I said, uh, man, I was passing out. It, it was a horrible situation. And about a month later,
1: and you're not a little guy and she's letting you have
0: it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, uh, about a month later I, I ran out of pills and I, I was tired of run mean. Yeah. And I, I, so I, I stayed ran out. Like I could have made some calls. I could have chased some stuff. I could have did oh, some sure. deals. I was done. And, and, and it, it, I was at a point where I knew I was in a lot of trouble, not, I I never got arrested. I never, you know, nothing like that, but I, I was in a lot of trouble mentally and I, I I started withdrawing and and it was, it was getting really, really bad. And I straight up on a Friday night, I'd been through two days of withdrawals and I had restless leg syndrome in every joint on my body. So yeah, I would go fever chills, but I was like cranking Mm -hmm. on my wrists and my shoulders Cause I was taking a drug called gabapentin and it's a nerve pill and it was messing with all of my nerves, even though I didn't need it, but mm-hmm. I had taken so many of them as I detoxed, my body was refiring the nerves and now I was basically crippled on the floor, sweating, yeah. freezing, sweating, freezing. And on Friday about midnight, 11 o'clock, I looked at her and I said, look, here's the deal. I'm either going to rob the fucking pharmacy right now or I need to call somebody and get some help. And again, God was with us. She said,
2: I think it's
0: time to get some help. And so I I literally called the the EAP right there, employee assistance program. I called them immediately right then and there. And I said, yo, I need to go to treatment. I'm a fucking wreck. And the guy said, cool. When do you want to go? Like next week, next month? I said, next yesterday. I'm already (laughs) too late. I said, "I, I need to be there right now. And he said, all right, man, whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to take, whatever you have to try, so that you are on the plane on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So basically, 48 hours from the time I was talking to him, you need to be on this plane in 48 hours. I said, "Not a problem, get me there." And so for that whole weekend, it was all tears, and I smoked a shitload of weed to try to like <laughs> make yeah. it better.
2: And, all the way to the <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I just I just tried to stay high, but it, 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 at that point, man, it wasn't mm-hmm. even working. I, I was a fucking wreck, and so. I went to treatment for 34 days at Knoxville, Tennessee, at a place called Cornerstone of Recovery. And it was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. One of the hardest things. But you mm-hmm. know, I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about who I was and the things I've experienced through my life and stuff. And 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 when I came back. She has no clue really what to do. Cause you're talking, you know, president of the writing group, you're talking like, you know, we, we were known and we were running hard.
2: The and- only thing that I knew at that time was I had to do whatever I could to keep a sober home. So he yeah. had a, a home to come home to that. There wasn't stuff sitting around. I had even, um, he had been in treatment for about a week and I was still drinking. And, uh, I remember I got to have a phone call with him and I felt like the biggest piece of shit, just like drinking and here he is getting sober and clean. And I'm dealing with my shit of, you know, having to deal with the hysterectomy and the depression of it. And it was just like, I can't do that to him. And so at that time, a week later I got sober and then I made sure that when he got home, that that was the priority was to make sure that everything in our home was a sober environment.
0: Yeah, so basically, from two thousand twelve to two thousand sixteen, neither one of us can really tell you anything super cool. It was more like it was more we like
2: just got busy. Yeah,
0: we started working out. We started paying yes. off. When, when I got home from treatment, we owed on our house, two cars, and we owed everybody. I had a credit card that had twelve thousand one hundred and fifty four dollars on it, and it was a twelve thousand five hundred dollar limit. Like, yeah, at our wits end. Yeah. When I got home from treatment. And so, you know, obviously our sex life wasn't great. We're experiencing mm-hmm. depression and all this debt, uh, misery, uh, uh, drugs and all this stuff. So when I got home, it wasn't like we came home to Hawaii, you know, it, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, it was head, down, it was head down in work. And yeah. so yeah. for like three years straight, all we were doing was selling stuff and paying off bills and, and, and making money and paying, working overtime, paying off bills. And in the meantime is when we started working on our physical health. And the reason why is, and this blows most people's mind, I couldn't afford to do anything else, but I could afford to do fitness. I knew that me and her relationship was going to take a lot of work and it wasn't going to be able to start being fixed right now. And I knew we owed a shitload of debt and I couldn't make like, you know, a hundred grand overnight. So I knew that that was going to take months and years to to pay off. And so fitness was free. We had some videos and I knew I could do push ups, squats, sit-ups, pull-ups whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. in my garage, whether I had shoes or I had a dollar or I had anything I could do fitness. And so we literally was like still smoking cigarettes. When I left treatment, I was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, drinking a 12 pack of pop. And before I got to treatment, I was taking 6,000 milligrams of prescription pills. So my diet sucked, my body sucked, everything about us sucked. We were just starting, you know what I mean? And so we started doing fitness and we started doing it a little bit at a time and a little bit more and a little bit more. And And we just kept diving. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. And the same, like with nutrition, we, we didn't know anything about like what to eat. We just knew that what we were eating was not that great. So (laughs) instead instead of ordering pizza three times a week and each of us splitting a large pizza and a family order of, of, breadsticks like maybe we could try to cook at home and and make some healthier meals so it was just and only have
0: pizza one time a week yeah like like we didn't know nothing we were literally just starting to eliminate stuff just eliminate
2: stuff it's like oh i know that that's not the best choice for me so what can i do to make a healthier choice and it was just the small little changes and eventually we got to a point where it's like let's start tracking our food so we started using my fitness pal and we didn't know anything about macros or it would just like put our information in there, listen to what it told us. Like I was still trying to figure out how to put in Taco John's to make it fit with my calories. And (laughs) so, I mean, it was just like taking small little steps every single day to make the healthier choices. And then as we continued onward, we started to learn a little bit more and making those changes and just learn and learn and learn. Um,
1: Isn't that beautiful though? I mean, because a lot of people when they look at you now, and that, that's what things that frustrates me with my own organization, when people look at us now. But we have a story. You have a story. You didn't start where you are right now. You don't have some freakish metabolism. You don't have, like I said, you—you know the trust fund. Mommy and daddy's not there. You're out on your own doing this, and you did it with small intentional steps moving forward, and that started to gain you ground. But we're not talking about months. We're talking about years here, people. And guys, what I want you to understand when you listen to this story They buzz through it because it's their story. But this was met with a lot of attrition, hell, blood, sweat, and tears the entire way. But it is that continual attitude of moving forward. And especially I want to speak to those who are married right now and you're at the dregs, you're at the bottom, and you feel like, man, there's no way out of this. This is living proof that there is a way out. But you have to both be on the same page. And these two are on the same page and they moved forward. Now, you guys both look fabulous. Thank, Thank you, dude. There's a picture of you coming out of the water. You got your straw hat on. It's like, that guy's a savage. I was like, dang, way to go. But you didn't Thank start you. there. Oh. You have, and I encourage you, you listening right now. You've got to follow these guys and see some of the before and after stuff that they have. It is so gorgeous. And I love that approach that you guys are not afraid. You do not flinch to share your stuff out there. What I want you to know is this is not normal. What you just did. You just share the deepest, darkest parts of you with a ton of people without flinching. And that is so gorgeous because yeah. you guys are willing to own you. So yeah. moving forward, you guys have, you started counting macros is something that it's completely lost on me. Um, sure. But, uh, but, and I want to do it. I wanted, I need to do it, but <laughs> moving on. You guys to start, when did you decide, look, you know what, we're going to start a business doing this. I mean, how did that come? Like, we're actually going to do this for a living.
0: So 2018, we was, I was on the railroad.
2: Yeah. We sold everything. Go ahead. Okay.
0: You, you She's got something before that.
2: <laughs> so that, that came about, um, in 2017, we both decided that we were tired of kind of just living the monotonous life that we where he was constantly kind of on the road and I was staying at home working and I wanted to travel with him, see the country, get the experiences. So we decided to sell all of our stuff. In uh, I think January, we decided to do it. And we worked that whole year selling everything that we owned. Um, and then December 31st of 2017, we took off with everything that would fit into our truck at the time. Uh, I think it was like six totes, maybe two suitcases and a, a cooler. cooler. And that's all we had. And Period. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: people were like, oh, so you had stuff in storage? Like, no, no. no. We got <laughs> down six goats worth of stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah that was yeah. it. And um, So we were just living in hotels, moving from hotel to hotel, living this small, minimal life. And he had decided, I think it was in um, earlier that, or later that T- year. 2018,
0: I decided to get certified in nutrition. Yeah. Because we were serious about it now. We, mm-hmm. we were working out a lot. We were doing CrossFit. We were, we were having fun. And I just wanted to learn more so that I could help people. I could help mm-hmm. people more. And so I know that sounds crazy too. Like in one year, we literally sold everything and I mean everything. Yeah. And and we just wanted to travel and, and check it out. Again, you know, most people are like, oh, you guys just do that because you don't have kids. And, and that's true. Mm-hmm. We don't have kids. And, and it yeah. was a, it was a huge, it was a huge benefactor for us. But now that we are where we are, we know tons of people that do what we do with their kids. Yeah. And so moving forward with that, like I just decided I wanted to do this and I wanted to help people. So I got certified in nutrition um, as, as, a, as a coach. And then shortly after she decided that she wanted to do it. And I was like, yo, do it in a different company so that whatever you learn and whatever I learned, we can mix and then we're more well-rounded. And so yeah. she got certified with a different company and it ended up working out really good. So we started this, uh, uh small company, sunrise, nutrition, and fitness. It was our first company. We didn't know nothing about oh, anything. No. And we just started helping people for like 25 bucks a month. We were doing all kinds of stuff and we were still traveling with the railroad in 2018 alone. We were in 25 different States. Yep. So we, we were moving nonstop. We were about every three weeks. We were traveling 1500 miles. And, and so working out in parking lots, motel, gyms, and, and parks. And so once we had started that, um, we, we were traveling and we were starting to figure out like, we really like traveling. This is really rad, but there's a gotta be a better way because what we were finding was is we would go two, three hours over here to check this out, hang out there for five hours. But then we would have to drive two or three hours back to the motel. And and we were wasting days and times traveling back and forth. And so in in October of 2018, we went on a hike at Havasu Falls. It's an Indian reservation in Arizona. And it is absolutely breathtaking. But you have to have a permit to go there. And it's uh, pack in, pack out. So we packed in four days worth of food and clothes and then packed all of it out. And so we hiked approximately 50 miles that in them four days and carried like 40 pound, 50 pound packs. And so when we got out of there, we started realizing that people were sleeping in vans. Like they had built out a van and they were sleeping in it. And it was like, Oh man, that would be so much better if we could just travel with the railroad and then on the weekends, we'll just take off in the van and then we'll come back on Monday or whatever, whatever. And so we, we started that, we, we, we left uh, Havasu Falls, and like a month later, we found our first bus. And it was oh, a little nice. bus, yeah. it was a short short bus, and it, and it was just a small little bus, and we basically made it into a weekend rig, like it had a bed, it had, it had a five-gallon bucket ad. to go in the bathroom, had a little uh, kitchen cabinet thing that we just bolted in there.
1: All right, made- listen, folks, here they're embarking upon their dreams, and they're crapping in a five-gallon bucket. Okay. Look, when you want to embark on a dream, you're not going to have everything. You're not going to be guaranteed to have all the swords and shields. You need to conquer that battle. But that's what makes it the experience. These two are willing to do whatever it takes. And it's so honorable. Yeah, Guys, it's so beautiful. The five gallon bucket. My wife would look at me like I was nuts. She'd be like, I don't know, man. We would definitely both have to be in agreement on that one. I'm telling you right now.
0: The funny thing is, is like, you can go get a Homer bucket, the orange Home Home Depot oh, buckets, yeah. but we paid like $8 for a luggable loo bucket. Yeah. And the lid went on it and it was like a toilet lid. Oh, it was great, man. Yeah. You put a, you right. put a bag in there and then when you were done, you tied the bag. Yeah, we did that for months. Yep. But so we <laughs> built it out and we was traveling on the weekends. And honestly, like we were having fun. We were ripping around. Yeah, it was And it was like, yo, we should do this full time. We, yep. we were running a YouTube channel and, and we were we were showing our travels and the little bit of bus stuff that we had done. And we decided to buy a bigger bus, which is not huge. It's still a short bus, but we decided it's way bigger than, yeah, yeah. Way bigger than the other one. <laughs> and we realized that it was big enough for us to live in. And by live, I mean, we have a hundred square feet total that we live in. And we bought a bus and drove it home. Well, home was a parking lot in Denver. (laughs) And in Denver, we literally built the bus that we are sitting in, um, in the parking lot of a motel, or my favorite thing to do would be to go to home Depot. So I'd go to home Depot and buy all the parts. And then all of my tools were battery powered. So we would build the bus in the parking lot and, then I can go in and get more screws or more because you always yeah. get halfway home. And then it's like, Oh, I need this. Yeah. I got tired of running back and forth. We just started building in the parking lot and as we were building, it was coming on time to paint it. And so Labor Day weekend was coming and we started sanding and taping and painting and 29 cans of modern mint spray paint later. We basically passed <laughs> Denver out of paint. Um, <laughs> four days in the elements in a parking lot with the cops driving by we managed to paint the school bus mint green
2: uh and then it was i think the end of september um he decided to take a two-month leave and um two-month
0: leave from work to see if we could do it i don't i don't mean see if we could afford it like we had no plans of money we had no plans of anything like to see if we could do it. Like we were going to live in the bus for two months at my buddy's house in Arizona and kind of build some more things. He had some more tools and some more availability. And so we literally on a whim, I took a two month leave from work, drove to Arizona, sat at his house for two months and built a ton of the bus while we were there.
2: But it gave us kind of that taste of like what the living in a bus would be like. Um, And at the end of that two months, it was like, we can't, we can't go back to the way life was like, we have to do this. And so in December, um, he put his notice in, um, to leave the corporate world. And so January of 2020, we took off on our own and went all in on us, all in on our business and moved into the, the tiny home that we have and started living our life. Um, just us. And that was a huge step for us.
0: Yeah. And then, the coronavirus happened yep and, and it was it was experience for us cuz we yeah. was in california doing a roof raise on another school bus i have built like four school buses now into luxury rvs is what I, I call them um and we we was on the mountain and when we came down the coronavirus had hit yeah. and we'd been gone for basically like 8 days and now yeah, we-,
2: we had no cell service so we didn't really know that things were going crazy Uh, Oh,
1: maddeningly crazy. I was in Vegas during that time. Yeah, Uh, I was at a show speaking uh, in Vegas and we went to the airport and I always get there half an hour early to leave. And I mean, it was mass exodus. People were insane. You would think the zombie apocalypse had hit Las Vegas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's how California was. And so we we hightailed it out of California back to Vegas. Actually, we were probably in Vegas about the same time. Oh, um, but, yeah. but we basically loaded up on groceries and propane and water and headed out to the desert of Vegas in, social to social distance properly <laughs> where nobody was around me. And you I didn't mess good. around.
1: You guys did not yeah. mess around.
0: Yeah. when They they were calling it like social distancing and all this. And I was like, no, man, this is bust life. Like, yeah, you guys just didn't realize that this is what we do. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm an expert at this. This is great. You mean to tell me I don't have to hang out with nobody. I don't yeah. have to talk to nobody nobody's going to bother me. Perfect. Sign me up. Put me down on social distancing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Our driveway is a quarter mile long out in the middle of nowhere. And behind us is about 15,000 acres of just farmland and hollers and the white river. And I'm going to tell you what, man. Um, yeah, that's our life is social distancing. (laughs) So I feel you right there. I love people, but man, I need, I need my privacy, man. I need to kind of,
0: uh, yeah for sure and I, you yeah. know obviously I'm only kidding too it was a, it was a world pandemic, oh but yeah. yeah, when they said to, to remove yourself from people, I was like oh i'm I'm good at this game, I'm down <laughs> with that, I'm down with it, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we sat in the desert for like three weeks, four weeks,
2: yeah and
0: then we made our way to salt lake city and it it started getting really weird traveling they were closing all the national parks they were closing state parks and it was just getting hectic so we actually ended up taking a, a job and getting an apartment for a year and kind of figuring out how we wanted to move forward and what we wanted to do and and in it, and it, and, and the last six months, it was like, you know what, it's it's time to hit. I think in April, we decided it was time.
2: Yeah, I think it was April. We decided it was time. And in that time, we had started our new business, um, mm-hmm. Vikings Texans, And so it was just kind of like rebranding and building it up to something that was more fitting of our lifestyle and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that You know, we started to build that up. And then um, we planned to, as soon as our lease was up, which was August 16th, we hit the road again. So now we're back on the road and we are doing a tour. Uh, we decided to plan a tour to hit 10 different cities. So we're hitting 10 different cities across the Southern part of the States. Um, that way we can travel with the weather and we're just putting on some fitness expos in the parks to do group workouts and nutrition seminars, holding a VIP mastermind in the evenings and just kind of getting back to community and helping people and seeing people's faces because we've all been kind of closed in for so yeah. long. So just kind of getting back out there.
0: Yeah, man, after a year and a half of social distancing and masks and health and all this, I was, I, I was growing tired of the way things were going about. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go do it myself. And so we, we were literally going to parks and, and holding a workout and, and teaching people about nutrition and how to eat better. And honestly, like shaking hands. And kissing babies, man. I, I, yeah. I, I just wanted to meet people and smile and have connect. fun and connect. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. so tired of being, you know, held down. And so we just made it happen, put it together. People are like, what do you mean you're going on like a fitness tour? Like, I don't know. We're, we're going <laughs> we're <just> to hell. <laughs> <me." Like,
2: laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But and that's so, the quintessential yeah. truth behind living a dream, man. Sometimes, I mean, you can plan, 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 well laid plans with mice and men, right? And you can plan, 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 plan. plan shit's going to hit the fan, bad stuff's going to happen, but you, you, you get through it anyway, and you just get out there and you do it. You know, it, it's exactly how we start our business. My health, Wayne, 300 of us lost our job at the organization I was working at more or less. And they, they, they did about four waves of firings and um, I made the fifth cut and then boom, I was out of there. And uh, my wife was like, look, you know, now is the time. And we are, I already had my business license before I was fired. So we already had the business laid out, but I was just too chicken shit to do it and I had one thing that was powerful like you two I had a great partner and somebody who was willing to stand by to get their sword and shield out and go hey you know we can do this and that's one of the things too it aligns with us about because you know we have the sword and the shield on our logo and um, I'm actually writing a book right now about how I coach somebody through a fictional story using Vikings and I was like dude this is this is a no brainer with these people. So you guys have, the, the, you guys have great uh, easy ways to reach out. You're very active on social media. You're not the type of people who don't respond. That right. makes me sick. You guys respond to stuff. People talk. You're, you're constantly trying to uh, get that conversation going. So if people are to find you and they really need to link up and they're like, hey, look, I need to get on there in their club. I need to get coached. I need this now. How did they find you? What's the best avenue?
0: The best avenue, honestly, for me would probably be to direct message me. I mean, you can go to Vikingsandvixens.com and it has all of our stuff, but I'm a hands on type of person. I want to hear how I can help you. I don't, yep. I don't necessarily like people to just sign up and let's get started. No, it's like, where are you at? How can I meet you where you're at? How can we put mm-hmm. something together? whether you work with me or not, you're going to end up with information or you're going to end up with a starting point. And and I, 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 at a minimum, I want to be able to give you some value. I want to be able to give you some workouts, some, some health tips, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So I don't technically like doing the, just go to my website and sign up. No, like Mm -hmm. come find us on social media, come find us on Instagram or on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. And and, and, and and hit us up because then, like you said, I'll send you a Calendly link. We'll jump mm-hmm. on the phone or we'll shoot through Messenger and get a good idea of what we have going on because there's just too many people that are willing to take the dollar and sign people up and not do shit behind it. I'm right. 100% concerned with what you need and how we can help you and uh, what we can do to get you there. And so, for me, I, I would highly recommend messaging me directly or, or her directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you can find everything on our website and, 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 and go from there. I, I just, I, I'm more comfortable getting to know some people before we're yep. working together. Yeah.
2: But, but you want yeah. right,
1: right. And you want to make sure you can, and you have the right person. You know, I, I tell people it's something the guy told me the other day. He's like, Mike, you need to tell people that uh, you don't want to be their gym membership. And you guys just aren't the gym membership. You're so much more than that. You're so much more than that. You're somebody who's willing to throw that sword and shield in there and go, hey, look, you know, this is much bigger than pushing weight. Okay. Let's find out where you are physically. Let's find out where you are health wise and let's do what's best for you. And that's huge, man. And that's just something that's really not going on right now because everybody is so plastic. Everybody wants, yeah, like you said, go to my website, go to my website, go to my, you know, and it's just, I hate the cookie cutter approach. People aren't cookies. They're much more complicated than that. Right. And that's what makes what you guys do work. And I'm just so honored to have you here. Um Thank you. yeah, guys, look, man, and this is what it's all about. It's just trying to connect with good people like you, you know. And like I said, just for the sure. sincerity of what you guys are doing. Please keep it up. And ladies and gentlemen, listen, you got to check these people out. And for those of you I want to talk to you right now, they're just hopeless. You're in that place where. You're, you're overweight. You're in that place where you're tired and you're just tired of life. You're in that place where maybe you're lost at where to start. These are two people that were in the exact same place you are in. They were hopeless. They were tired. They were wore out. I mean, you go through their website, you go through their Instagram, you're going to see multiple injuries there and a lot of pain that they were going through, but they stopped Allowing their excuses and all the things that they were not to stop them from who they wanted to become. And that is powerful. That is powerful. You have that power within you. You have that greatness within you. You don't have to have the trust fund, guys. You don't have to have the Ivy League college experience. You don't have, you have greatness within you because you're breathing and because you're God's. Thank you guys so much. Keep going. Keep growing, check these people out, and continue to build a legacy that will far surpass your legacy.